This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Download Upside and start getting cash back wherever you roll. It's like having your own hype man. Get an average of 17% cash back at restaurants. Oh, it's dinner time. Average of 13% on groceries. Get those groceries. 10 cents per gallon average cash back on gas. It's go time. Plus, cash back at participating convenience stores too. Stacks on stacks. Users can earn hundreds of dollars a year, three times more than other apps. Upside, show me that money. All right, we get it. Get it. It's easy. Just sign up for the free Upside app and start getting cash back for doing you. Download the free Upside app and use promo code DOYOU10 for an extra $10 cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's promo code DOYOU10 for an extra $10 on the free Upside app. Get cash back for doing you with the free app from Upside. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearly centering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt. How's it going up there in Maryland? You guys dealing with some cold weather? Uh, no, it was like 70 today. Okay. Yeah, more. All right, good. Yeah. That's good, because it was like 50s and 60s down here in Florida this week. Uh, it's been kind of chilly. Had big storm coming this weekend. Uh, lots of weather issues. Yeah. We had a little bit of storm inside the house this evening, but no storms outside. So <laughs> I've been to your home, and there's storms in your home every evening, from what I recall. Well, I'll tell you what. You thought, and uh, Josh, I'm going to ignore the elephant in the room when you're wearing <laughs> and you can't even it, so... What, you don't, you you don't like to I, do a different podcast, go do a different podcast. I figured it, it's time to, uh, you know, embrace the uh, the people down here. And it's really nice that after um, 26 years, we finally have a championship in the, in, uh, the south, southern United States. So I was gifted a Braves shirt so to welcome me to the Braves bandwagon. Yeah, and you know what? It's nice to have a championship. It's nice to it's nice to have a shirt of a World Series winner. I've never been there before. Never thought I would be. Well, well congrats, Josh. Everyone's happy uh-huh. for you. I, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. It's I waited a long time for this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Josh rocking <laughs> that shirt with, I, the, with the racial provoking tomahawk. Good for you, Josh. Uh-huh. Embrace that. 
Um, go do your little awe, yep. whatever they, they do over there, um, and enjoy your championship. Um, you are not <laughs> invited a... to the Orioles World Series parade. Right. I, I knew that this was excite you, so I made sure to, to not give you a preview on the pre-show as we went over our notes and flipped into switched into it real quick during the uh, during the show intro. So um, I'm glad it makes you happy to. Yeah. So I was gifted a brave shirt. I knew it would make you angry. So I knew I could wear it tonight and irritate you. And I am, um, but I have already ordered an Oriole shirt for the person who gave me the Brave shirt. Okay. Well, so you know I, how many non-Oriole shirts I own? The answer is zero. I own zero other team shirts. That's a lie. Wait, I've wait. seen you in a Cub shirt. I have one Cub shirt. <laughs> and I have one Brave shirt. That's the exact same thing. That's different. I'm guessing you bought your Brave your Cub shirt about five years ago. No, I actually bought it when I got when I proposed to my wife in Chicago. What yeah, is that now twelve years ago, or whatever. Well, then uh, yeah, this shirt's basically the same thing for me. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You have a Cub shirt because of your wife. Same idea, concept. We'll go with that. Yeah. But I've already ordered an Oriole shirt for the person because right. they've now that they've experienced a Braves championship, it's time to come over and root for a real American League baseball team. Yeah, well, I guess if you already got a championship, you can. Deal with some more years of losing if you got your championship. Exactly. And when you deal with – when you root for bad teams, it's awkward and you don't know what to do when the, when the team actually wins. Yeah. So. That's true. I don't, know what, I don't know what to do when we'll be good again. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. If, we, if the Orioles ever win the World Series, I don't quite know how I'll handle that. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think we'll have to worry about it, to be honest. The way things are going – the way, the, what I'm seeing this offseason, Josh, I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to have to worry about it. So I'm not even sweating what I'm going to do in the, in the World Series. At, at least Hunter Harvey's on his way. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to some Orioles making some interesting moves, some interesting non-moves. And uh, we'll cover that to some snubs by the national media. We'll cover all that. Josh, you want to know the, you know, they, they say um, a couple building a piece of furniture together is one of the most trying things for a couple to do. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes. And remember, we also documented last week that your wife reaches out to me for home repair issues instead of going to you. Well, did so she I, reach I, out to you about putting this bed together? No, but she probably should have is what I'm saying as you lead into this story. No, but we, we got a king-size bed, which is... Oh, fancy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're upgrading to a, to a to king... Um, sorry to bring that up as your downside is a twin. I don't want to bring that up. Because <laughs> she needs more space. Yeah, pre- pre- pretty much. Well, at this point, she's pregnant and so huge that I think the king might just be for her. But but the, if you thought. I don't think you're supposed to, couple, to say that. It was. What's that? You're not supposed to call your wife out for being so big that, she's getting, that you're getting kicked out of the bed because she's too big. She's pregnant. She's supposed to be big. Okay. I think you're All allowed right. to call your wife big if she's pregnant. I think that's acceptable. So you have like what three more week months that you can call her big? Yeah. And then you gotta be loving again? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, All right, I'll remember that. Inside. You're supposed to be big. Um but but anyway, She doesn't watch the show. That's why you know, that's why you call her big. The more challenging thing than a couple building furniture together is with a two year old, a four year old hopping around the entire time you're <laughs> a clumsy two year old, four year old hopping around the entire time you're trying to build said bed. I don't know. They helped me hang that TV in your bedroom. Yeah, but it's already – the bed's built, but it's already a disaster because it squeaks. There's a squeak to it. And Em's not dealing with a squeak. She's not. I, I already so you, know 
the, I might, the rest of my adult life, I'm going to have to hear about the squeak. I'm gonna you know what this is. Throw the bed out in the middle of the night because it squeaks, and I'm going to hear about the, it's, the rest of the it's rest like of the prince, hear about it. It's the princess and the pea. Yeah. Where the mattress is perfect, but you can still feel the pee at the bottom. Yeah, it's pretty much that. There's just a little, you know, in the headboard, a little, it's a metal, I don't know, something. Well, how much movement there. do you have to do in the bed in order to get it to squeak? And, he, and you sit down on the bed, and there's a little bit of a squeak. Oh. Just to sit down. Yeah. Have you found it? Literally ready to throw the bed away. <laughs> okay. So, in other words, I should be expecting a text from Emily about, hey, come look at my bed squeak while, while I'm in town for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm already sick of it. She's already sick of it. We got this. She's been wanting a king's bed forever, and now we all hate it. So that's things are going well over here. That's so weird. Should, the squeak should be able to be fixed. Josh, and I don't think you understand. Even if it's just like a little squeak that no one will hear except for a little bat with super hearing, like Emily will hear do, it, and Emily will never be able to relax again in the house if there's a squeak. And this is a woman who puts on so many sound machines in the background. I don't know how a squeak would ever bother you anyway. With the do you hear the squeak? On. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, well, it's, it's not just a squeak. It's a uh, squeak and Squawk? a rattle. And a, a little bit of rattle. Oh, no, no, no. There's a rattle. Yeah. A rattle. Yeah, yeah. Now you got me concerned that there's a rattle. It's almost like there's a ball in the metal that goes, it's like it's just a little rattle. Oh, you got a metal bed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's metal. That's a mistake. Emma has a metal bed. It squeaks all the time. Yeah. Same, Mom. Big this, mistake. This is really turning into a big disaster. A big mistake. Get a wood one. bed. I'll report back. Uh, you need a wood bed. Yeah, Mom. The wood bed was more expensive than this bed. So, How much time have you spent Googling how to stop a metal bed squeaking? Uh, well, we just finished the bed, so none yet. But Oh, you, uh, you've made it look like Emily has been complaining for days about this squeak. No, Josh, I'm telling you, I'm preparing myself mentally because it's going to be – she's going to be complaining about it for, for the rest of my life until we get rid of the bed or until All I – All right. Well, here's, what you got to do is normal, if it's metal – it's where the metal and the metal touch each other is always where the squeak points are because they're rubbing. Now, so it, it means you like didn't. It, it feels like it's in the middle at the bottom in the middle. Well, it's it's wherever there's metal touching metal. So you probably didn't tighten a screw tight enough. No, so it's, it's not so it's scratching. It's not that. It's not at a screw point. It's not. It's not at a, at a, a two metal points meeting. Uh, I, I bet it's. It a, I, I bet it's, it's about two joints. Okay. I don't. I don't, I don't know, but. All right, well, I, I over Thanksgiving, I'll come sleep in your bed, and we'll determine where the squeak is. Fair enough. I mean, just like a normal holiday. Absolutely. That's, you, that's a you and Bert thing. I don't get <laughs> that is That's true. Uh, no, but we have some Orioles to get to. Uh, All right, do you have some WD-40? Yeah. Do you have WD-40? You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I should not have, I characterized it as a squeak, Josh. It's more of a rattle. It's a more accurate thing. The rattle, the rattle's concerning. It's more of a rattle than – it's almost like Emily and I thought there was a little ball, in, a little metal ball in the bottom of it, and we tried to, like, tilt the bed over to get the little ball out, but we couldn't get the ball out. All right. That's different. All right. Let's, I, it's hard for me to diagnose from Florida, so let's move on to some baseball. Okay. I mean, I can take the podcast upstairs in the bedroom. We can rattle it for our listeners so they can try to diagnose it. Okay. Uh, maybe next episode out of that. But no, the we, we got. I want to talk about some Orioles. I want to talk about some snubs. I want to talk about some Mike Goliath clear, clear, clearing house on the forty man. But yep. before we get to all that, um, another Ravens win. That was good to see. Just, yeah, the Ravens. You know. the, the Ravens always find a way to win. Where like they struggle for the first half. They're a team that gets hot in the third quarter, gets hotter in the fourth quarter, and seems to always pull the games out. Um, big yeah, storyline. Like 
I like this stat real quick that um, the NFL, when trailing by double digits in the second half, did you see the stat? The I, I saw the stat about Lamar. Oh, well, this is the stat about the NFL and just teams. When travel, when trailing by double digits in the second half, the NFL has a record of eight and ninety-three. Eight wins, ninety-three losses. The Ravens for this year and one for this year. The Ravens are three and one when trailing by double digits in the second half. Three, three, three and one. Yeah, we're the yeah. comeback kings. And in Lamar's career up to this point, he was like zero and eight. Yeah, I, I and, know that Lamar can lead a comeback. I just don't know if he can hold a lead, Josh. That's my only question about Lamar. I know he can well, create comebacks. I just don't know if he can hold, hold a lead. Well, it's not Lamar's responsibility to hold the lead. That would no, be I'm that kidding. defense. I'm joking because they always said, oh, Lamar can hold a lead, but Lamar can't do comebacks. Now right. Lamar does. But comeback. you're right. But that's what I saw. The storyline for Lamar was always he can't come back. He's got to stay. you got to run the ball and control the game. Right. That Lamar run, can't come back. The ball. You, can't, you can't throw enough to come back. And yeah. he has shut all those credits up this year. Yep. Yep. The, the critics are crickets. Yeah, did I call them crickets? I think you were going there a little bit with it. <laughs> okay. The the critics are crickets. They're not saying, or yeah. they shouldn't be saying a word about him because he does it all with a very bagged roster. Yeah, and we got the Dolphins Thursday night. <laughs> that should be a, just a – Lamar had a great game in Miami last year or year yeah. before. So yeah, should, expecting the same. Miami's not that good of a team. Yeah, I mean, Thursdays always make me nervous because Thursdays, weird things happen on short rests, especially if the Ravens kind of banged up. But, yeah, it should be. Yeah. I told you I'm in this Survivor League. It's down to 13 people. Started with 100 people. It's down to 13 people, and I'm still alive. Uh, I bet the Bills losing knocked some people out. The Bills hurt some people, yeah. Yeah, 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 that that killed some people's dreams. Uh, And then the week before, there was a huge loss. Maybe the Chiefs. I don't remember who it was that knocked a lot of people out. Yeah, well, I mean, you saw yesterday it was crazy. A lot of the division leading teams, the Cowboys got blown out. Mm-hmm. The Bills got blown out. I think there was another. Oh, um, um, who did Tennessee? Cow- the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys got blown got out by by Denver. But there was some division leading teams who got who got whooped, and so that was kind of really interesting. I think. Yeah. Um. Oh, and and the Saints got beat by the Falcons in a weird game. So I think it's mm-hmm. just. This is, I mean, it shows you. I mean, any given Sunday? Any given Sunday. I mean, the most problem, like, we go crazy if the Ravens have a bad game. Right. Um, but but just look at the Bills uh, and lose to the Jaguars. Can you imagine if that was Lamar Jackson not scoring a single touchdown, only getting you know, I, a couple field goals? I see, the Jag- I see the Jaguars all the time. Uh, you know how tempted I am all the time with the Ravens to bet the, the the bet in my bookie where it says no team will score a touchdown this game? Hmm. And I'm sure the odds were great in your favor to choose that on the Bills game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the Bills. So someone yeah, someone made some money there. Yeah. Um, but, I, but anyway, I brought up my Survivor League because I think I'm going with the Ravens this week. I haven't used them all year. I think Thursday night, you know I like Thursday night football to get it out of the way so I don't have to stress about it, and I feel like this is a good one for the Ravens to take them. Yeah, I think so. In the second half of the season, there's a lot of more, I feel like there's a lot of more, a lot more division games, and yeah. those are unpredictable. Division game. Yeah, I mean, that, exactly. Any given, I mean, the Browns could beat us, the Bengals obviously beat, beat, beat us, and the Steelers can, can beat us. So. No, we got a strong, the, we got the, the, game. Yeah, no, the, the AFC North is a really strong division this year. 
Yeah, there's no really great dominant teams, but they're they're all good. They're mm-hmm. all competitive good teams. So And they're all teams outside of the Steelers, teams that are kind of set up for the future. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And the Steelers, I feel like they're always going to be pre- pretty good because they're really well coached and a well run <laughs> organization. So yeah. even once they get Big Ben out of there and get a new quarterback, mm-hmm. the, I mean, it's, they're not going to have many down years, I feel like. Correct. Correct. That's, isn't but, that amazing if you think about it, though, Josh? The transition happens so rarely from a good quarterback to another good quarterback. Yeah. The Ravens are so fortunate to go from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson, right? That transition right. rarely happens. Right. And I think that before that, it was Kyle Bowler and uh, who else? Oh, um, you know, Trent Dilfer. Dilfer uh, and... Uh, Elvis Herback, uh, you can go. Yeah, all and what's his name? The guy that was Birdie. and the guy that was murdered in uh, in Tennessee. Oh yeah, the former Titans quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. What's his name? Why am I blanking? I don't know, but there's a great podcast about about that. <laughs> yeah, some awkward some awkward uh, death scenes there. Yeah, not not a death scene you want to necessarily walk into. So. But yeah, I mean, and that was picking up a veteran quarterback, and you're talking about Steve McNair. That's picking up a veteran yeah, quarterback. McNair. But Steve McNair and for just kind of a band-aid. But yeah, it's it's cool that we had this transition from Flacco. Because I don't know. I mean, the, the Steelers' future success is going to be riding on a transition after this year from Big Ben to someone else. Um, we see the the Bengals seems like they finally found the quarterback after years and years and years of searching, and the Browns maybe found the quarterback after years and years of searching. So yeah, how much who knows? Baker Mayfield. Well, so yeah, it, but yeah, football's fun right now. Football's fun. We're very fortunate to have Lamar Jackson as our quarterback. Yeah. Baseball. That <laughs> is, are the Orioles going to be fun this year? I don't know. Is this going to be fun? I don't year? know. I don't know. I can't tell. Um, I don't think so. I can't. I'm getting more pessimistic with every passing day. Yeah, I'm getting more leaning towards the Michael Elias is still in the selling mode. Yeah. Uh, Which is concerning. The news this week is Michael Elias cleared house uh, as far as creating roster roster space um i think the number currently is we just picked up yesterday we picked up brian baker um a pitcher i think from the giants um (laughs) which is maybe trying to get back at the hunter harvey thing um but they now have 32 players on the 40 man so eight openings we were talking a couple weeks ago about how there was like 60 people on the 40 man yeah they had too many lists and stuff and the people we needed to call up like how are we gonna, you know, take people off the injured list and call these people up? Well, now, I mean that, I mean there's plenty of room now as there's, um, you know, just thir- 32 players on the 40 man. They're gonna protect some guys, but I don't think they're gonna protect eight guys. So they're still gonna have extra room on the 40 man. And and the Orioles might be done. Michael Elias might not be done with DFA guys. Um, I think a lot of the ones were expected. I mean the big name I think was Pedro Severino, but again that was expected. Um, we now have zero um, catchers on the roster. All right. I, I, I don't I know what we're going to do. To have at least one catcher to come opening day, but I don't know for sure if they'll have yeah. a catcher. I hope we got someone day. in the minors we can bring up. Yes, it would be nice if we had a, I don't know, really good catching prospect we could just call up for opening day, but I don't know if we do. Right. Um, all right, Hunter Harvey, let's discuss this. Yeah, that were was you the su- surprising of the ones. Were you surprised to see Hunter Harvey cut when you got guys like Keegan Aiken and uh, Tanner Scott still held on to on the 40-man? Lopez. Yeah, yeah I mean, and um, <laughs> along with that, a couple guys that 
honestly, um, Oriole fans might not even know, like Joey Crable and Brooks Krisky, who were just here for yes. coffee at the end of last season. And I imagine those are bubble guys, if we kind of summarize, but surprising that guys who just arrived in the organization um, are kept over a guy like Hunter Harvey. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I was surprised, and I was disappointed. Surprised mm-hmm. and disappointed with my first two reactions to that. Yeah. Do you think it's because Hunter Harvey never became – you think injury issues were part of the concern and the fact that Hunter Harvey never became the back-end bullpen guy that we expected after not becoming a starter that we expected? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's 27. He's been here since, like, high school, nine years with the organization. He's played – pitched 30 innings in the majors, 30 innings in the majors. He gets hurt every single year. <laughs> that's why. I mean, that's why he's not here because he gets hurt all the time. Right. And so it doesn't matter if you if you have all the potential, if you can't stay healthy. But what I don't understand uh, – and maybe the Orioles, honestly, I don't know how much this plays into it. But you also got to pay all his bills, and you're paying a player to not even play, and it's annoying, right? If you're ownership, you're paying this guy, you're helping him recover, you're spending extra resources to get this guy to recover, um, and then just to have him not play or perform. It's really frustrating probably for the yep. organization. But at the same time, he's just 27. If you're worried about roster spot, don't worry about a roster spot. Dude's going to be on the 60 ADL and off your 40-man roster in no time, so you don't have to worry about that. You have It doesn't seem like... There's other guys, right, that it seems like are more expendable. And also, you have 32 men on your roster out of 40. Like, you have open spaces if you wanted to keep them. Right. Um, so, to me, it was surprising. Uh, on the other hand, I've heard people argue that he went all the way down to the Giants. The Giants had one of the last options on the waiver. So, that yeah. means, you know, 20-some teams passed on Hunter Harvey uh, because he hasn't proven himself to be able to be successful in the majors. Uh, so I think all those were factors, um, but still, still I found it surprising, um, and, par- and partly because I mean honestly I, I'm attached to the guy because he's a first round pick. You watch his career, you root for him as a starter. It didn't work out, then you know oh he's going to be an electric bullpen arm. And you just followed him for nine years. We've been talking about Hunter Harvey, and to have a guy that you just you haven't even heard of, um, or a guy you've only heard of for five minutes, like a Joey Crable or Brooks Kriske. Krisky or even like a newer guy like Isaac Matson, to for those guys to be retained, but to lose a Hunter Harvey, a name kind of everyone knows, former first round pick with electric stuff, is well, surprising. Uh, it is. And we were, I mean, I wish Hunter Harvey nothing success. I, I hope Mike Elias. I hope I can talk trash about Mike Elias and how Hunter Harvey's killing it uh, with the Giants, but but we'll see. He needs to stay yeah. healthy first. Maybe the uh, maybe they'll resign Gauls, man, and we can have them both in there together. Yeah, and then you can they'll win the World Series and you can get a Giants shirt. shirt. <laughs> Only if I'm living in San Francisco at the time. Oh yeah, I forgot you're living in Florida. That's why you got the Braves shirt. Exactly, because they're a Florida team. I'm telling you, everyone down here is Braves fans. Yeah, I. Uh, but I'm converting <laughs> the person that gave me the shirt will be converted to an Orioles fan by opening day. That's my goal. All right. Um, let's see. Any other? Are there any other? Um, EFAs that surprised you, or are there any of the guys that you're surprised somehow are still on the roster? Uh, Gosh, here are some names that are still on the roster. I mean, I named a few that I'm surprised with. DJ, DJ Stewart? Yeah. Using Diaz, but he's just shut down with the Arizona Fall League. He's still on a 40 man. 
Yeah, we, um, uh, there's a lot of outfielders on our forty man still. I like that McKenna's still there. I like that Mateo's still there. Um, I don't, I mean, Tyler listed as an outfielder. I, I think of him more of an infielder, but yeah. Yeah, um, Tyler Nevins is interesting. That even with all these options in the majors for outfield, they're still curious about Nevins. Yeah, I like Tyler Nevins too. So yeah, Stewart, I would have cut Diaz. I don't know what to say about Diaz because he hasn't gotten a shot in the majors. Yep. Um, I'm surprised Jemiah Jones is on this roster still, if you want to go to the infield. Oh, I'm not. He's the Michael Elias boy. Yeah, Hunter Harvey was not drafted by Michael Elias. He wasn't Michael Elias boy. Uh, Jemiah Jones and and that's Elias. definitely a noticeable thing. Yeah. yeah you got me Michael Elias boy. Yes. The, the, the guys who are retained, we talked about who haven't been here long, they, but they were gotten here by Michael Elias. So I think... I think that's going to matter because, I mean, certainly Michael Elias, each GM, right, has something that he looks for in players. Dan, Dan, Dan Duquette had his thing. Like, Dan Duquette was all about, you know, failed first-round picks. He would be all about a Hunter Harvey, you know, picking a yeah. guy like Hunter Harvey. Um, but that's the other thing. Like, I heard someone say, well, this is just losing Hunter Harvey is a sign that our roster is getting more talented, so we just need more room to protect guys. Yeah, how? Who? That is. Yeah. Who? Who? 32. That means we have eight guys. We got eight more extra guys that, you know, there's not eight minor leaguers who need to go in on a 40 man. Like, there's still, I could still call, I could still name a, you know, 10 players that I don't think anybody else will want in the majors. Like, this is Hunter, losing Hunter Harvey has nothing to do with our roster getting better. Who, right. Tell me who would have signed Keegan Aiken. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have. I think he would have gone right into the minors. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have. Um, and we'll see. I was also a little bit surprised. Chris Ellis is a, a pitcher I like from the Rays, and he was he was DFA too. There's talk that they yeah. can re-sign him as a, as a minor league free. Right. And that's the thing. They cut him thinking he's going to just clear through all the waivers. Yeah. Which they might that might have been what they thought for Hunter Harvey. And they were yeah. almost right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be. And then if he's off your 40-man, you can stash him in your minors more, and you can – Yeah. Um, you can work and get him healthy and have him pitch all year. Um, I guess, I mean, I guess if you look at the Orioles, if you're Mike Elias, like you, you know what happened this year and like you need pitchers next year to pitch and how much can you count on Hunter Harvey? How many innings can you count for Hunter Harvey to pitch next year? Oh, no, you can't count at all. Yeah. You really can't count on any. And so maybe you want to put your 40 men guys who you can count on being able to throw innings because you realize next season is going to be another long season for your pitchers. And so you need as many healthy bodies in there as possible. Yep. No, but I think it's just more – I think it's also just shocking because, yeah, you like you were saying, two weeks ago we were talking about 60 players and we got to get down to 40 and it's going to be tight, and now we're down to 32. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he um, quickly just – Spencer Watkins is another starter who, who was let go. Like I said, right. both catchers on our 40-man. The good – Right. Go. The good news is it seems like they have a plan. Does it? Like – I mean, they're dumping people for a reason. Okay. And, hope, and hopefully it's not just to save money. What is that reason, Josh? I hope that it means to sign a bunch of free agents, but who knows? It might be, it might be for all I know, to sign eight Rule 5 guys in the Rule 5 draft. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's, there's going to be one, maybe two Rule 5 guys. I mean, certainly after you have the success with, with, with Tyler Wells, like that's going to be right. you know, a lot of success there. You're going to want to go back to that well. Yep. Stroller, not so much, but... So I'd imagine they do one or two rule five guys, and then you know you're gonna have to sign, you're gonna have to do something, you're gonna have, to have another catcher besides Adley Rutschman. 
Um, so you're going to need to put at least one more catcher on your 40-man. Right. Uh, and you're going to need room. really going to go with Adley. He's not on the 40-man, so you're going to have to add him to, to the 40-man. So that's two, two, two more guys right there. Um, right. Plus, you, you need starting pitchers. And I assume... I assume the majority of rotation is not on our forty man yet. Maybe that's a wrong a wrong assumption, but I'm assuming that three out of five of our starters are not on the team yet. I hope that's the case. I, I hope you're right. Are not the case. All right. I hope the top three are not on our roster. Yeah, but you know the concerning thing about this, and I don't know the rules, Josh. I don't know how baseball works. I saw a couple conflicting tweets about it. With Wade Miley was on the Reds. He was kind of DFA'd. He was put on waivers. He has a $10 million contract, which is not bad. Um, and you could have Wade Miley for $10 million. One year. One year commitment, $10 million. Do you want Wade Miley? Yeah, I want Wade Miley. You want Wade Miley? For $10 million. Why? Wade Why? Miley, so, we can have, so we can have two guys that threw no hitters last year? Well, yeah. Um, also, and I think on our pitching staff, he would come in as our number two starter right now. Okay. All right, fine. I mean, you're looking at a guy who had a 3.37 year A last year, went 12 and yeah, 7 last year. Because he wasn't pitching in the AL East. Yes. Yeah, Big difference. Yeah. I mean, he's, and he pitched with Baltimore before, right, several years ago. Um, and still, but still, I would argue his ERA was probably around I think, five when he no, I the think, Orioles. I think with the Orioles, he was a big pile of fine. Right, which is a big pile of better than we had last year. Right? I guess so. All right. If you, all you want is a big pile, then go for Wade Miley. I mean, it just makes sense to me that, that Wade Miley would be a guy, but, but we didn't pick him up. Um, he dropped to the Cubs. Now, I just don't know if we can pick a, Do we get to pick before the Cubs? I don't know, because I saw two conflicting reports. One said right. the waiver wire, all the NL teams have a chance, then all the AL teams. Because he's all with... the teams together. Oh, so like if you're cut from an NL team... team. Your NL teams get first dibs? That's what I read. I don't know. But another tweet said Thor was passed on him, so I don't know. That's Uh, interesting. Because Oro should have the top wave as a result of having the worst record in baseball. Yeah, but then... First dibs with anyone that gets DFA'd. Yeah, but then how does that work? Is it like fantasy football where, like... Then if we make a pick, we move to the bottom of the line. No, we we get the first pick every single. As long time. as we suck, we're the first pick. Right, because our record doesn't say. Yeah, record stays the same, so we always get access to the first pick. Um, if someone's put on waivers, and then that's why we end up picking up Brian Baker. Um, but yeah, I don't the know. other news. I mean, up but before again, Elias it seems started, like Michael Elias yeah. doesn't want anything to do with the Orioles of the past. <laughs> And once trying to set his own thing, so that might be a reason enough for him to ignore um, Wade Miley. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, and, and Michael Elias, I assume, has a plan and maybe has a budget. Oh, you mean a process? I mean, a process and also a budget, and maybe $10 million doesn't fit in that budget. That, that's yeah. all I want. Like, I don't want the decision to not bring Wade Miley in to be about the $10 million for one year. Right. I hope it was other reasons. Right. We're, we don't want money excuses, totally. Um, yeah. yeah. Of course, this is all lining up to assume we have the winter meetings in December. Right. Right. Um, but before Michael Elias started getting rid of all the Orioles that we know and love, um, 
there was just nothing but good news coming out of the Niners, or, or, or I guess coming out of the Orioles system. When you saw, first of all, Orioles is doing a cool thing. Orioles Twitter where they put all these prospects in Orioles uniforms. Have you been seeing these things? I saw a little bit. Yeah, like every every prospect is, is has a little Oriole picture. There's Carter Carter Balmer. Um, that's been pretty cool. But their good news with Carter Balmer, he came back healthy. He's looking good after Tommy John surgery. The the best news of all, I think the quote was, um, what do you say? Something like, I'm back. I'm feeling like my old self again. That was a quote by Heston Kerstat, who said he's feeling like his old self again. And so that was, to me, that's huge. And there was a video of him out there swinging the bat and hit, hitting the ball hard. And so the um, I'm really curious to see how the Orioles kind of treat Heston Kerstat, um, where he's a little older now. So do, do they start him? Um, at Bowie or something, but he has no minor experience, no professional baseball experience. So does he start at the bottom at Delmarva, um, or do they put him there in the middle at Aberdeen? I, I, I mean, I'm curious to see what they do with all these outfielders. we got a ton of uh, talented young outfielders. I'm curious to see how they play on the minors. But, yeah, that's great news that Heston Kerstat is healthy again. I know he was a guy that's been a top 100 prospect everywhere, and then after he got the myocarditis, um, he's dropped off most top 100 lists. Presumably, he's just as talented as he was, right. you know, two years ago when he's a top 100 guy. So hopefully, he plays like a top 100 prospect. Right, he's a guy that'll quickly, once he starts playing in games, jump back up that list. You would think. I would think so. Yeah, and when people th- say see him that he's healthy and back, I would imagine yeah, he's a guy that'd be a fast riser. Yep. Um, so that so that was encouraging. Um, yeah. The disencouraging news this week, Josh, was the snub, the Ryan Mattcastle snub. Not that he didn't win Rookie of the Year, but he didn't even make the top three finalists. Josh, how right. mad are you that Ryan Mattcastle didn't make the top three? I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. The Orioles were really bad this year. So I'm not surprised that he's not. I was surprised that the players voted on him. We talked last week about how the players voting on your, you is a way bigger honor than newspapers and reporters yeah. voting on you. And it's been pretty cool on Twitter to see a lot of his former teammates in the minors who are active on Twitter come out and, like, support Ryan Mancastle and talking about how it's outrageous he was snubbed. Right. Um, and then I love my favorite R. I don't know. Who is it? Um, I'm going to mess up who, people on Twitter who are kind of the, the analytical guys on Twitter who are like, technically, guys, his – uh, his overall war is not good enough to um, put him in the top three of rookies right. or whatever. Um, right. He was know. ranked. He was ranked sixth in the American League based on WAR. Yeah, and other yeah, some rookies. other stats. Yeah, among yeah. rookies. Um, I think he led all the rookies in home runs. Right. Yep. He was near the top in RBI and slugging, OPS. He was near the top of all those numbers. Um, but right. his, you know. The position he plays, first base in left field, um, yeah. hurt him as far as those war numbers go. But yeah, so, as far as offense, he had the be- he had the best offensive numbers of all the rookies. Yeah, but what leading I don't get in home is, runs, second in, in doubles or extra base hits. But but what I don't get is I feel like it's natural for Oriole fans to be biased and defend their boy Ryan Mountcastle, and so I don't get the other side of the argument. We're saying like actually, technically, guys. Um, he didn't get snubbed because his war isn't good enough. Where, like, you that's, understand, like, we're not but that's just the media. internet. I'm a freaking fan, and I'm going to have my boy back, Brian Madcastle. Don't tell me, like, I'm dumb 
for backing my guy because he's my he's the guy I root for. And so but yeah, bias for Ryan Mountcastle. That's just dude. the that's just the internet. I know better than you. Attitude. I'm yeah. smarter than you. Yeah. Um, so so that response is always annoying. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would have liked to see. Him. I mean, and and the thing that makes it annoying is Wander Franco. Who I agree is a better, more talented. Like if you, who would I rather have, Ronda Franco or Ryan Castle? I rather have Franco. Right, he's a more talented player, yeah. younger. Um, the, the dude's a stud. He played in seventy games last year. He had less than three hundred at bats. He played half a season. I mean, I feel like part of baseball is the major league one hundred and sixty-two game grind, right? And Ryan Mackastle played the entire season with the Orioles. Right. Ronda Franco played. Um, less than half, and yet Wander Franco is a top three final. Like that's the one that really made me mad. Is that a guy who played seventy games just because he was so hyped up, and people mm-hmm. said, "Well, if you project this out well, for the entire year, no." But he only played seventy games, and part of the game of baseball is the fact that one hundred sixty-two. And the seventy games means he's also qualified again next year. I don't think so. He could be qualified back to back years. I would. I don't, I don't know. know. I would imagine that'd be impossible. To get I'm not sure, but I also know playing on the Orioles hurt Mountcastle, not because of his numbers, but because of the national attention and the overall thought about the Orioles. Yeah. yeah. Which is and why it's true with Wander Franco. No, no prospect got more hyped than Wander Franco, and mm-hmm. that's why he's on the list and Mountcastle's not. Which is why it's nice to see Cedric Mullins will be on the list for MVP, but it's because they do a top 10 instead of a top three. Yeah. Even though he got snubbed for the gold glove. Yeah. Yep. Finalist, yeah. So. Which I don't have a problem with because we've seen him make some bonehead plays in the outfield. Mullins? We've seen him make some, well, I feel like he's misplayed some. Maybe not. Maybe he's, maybe not. I, mean, I know he's had some great dives. His bad arm. Yeah. I don't know. But it's nice to see him get at least MVP. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or MVP true. nominee. Yeah, yeah. Any chance that um, any chance that manager Hyde gets recognized for manager of the year? Oh, he should. He should. He should. Um, I mean, yeah. When you play with all those bad teams and you manage to still get the number one draft pick overall, you got to get some credit there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Michael Elias brought him in to tank this team and make this team as worse as possible. And I don't think anyone could tank this team as well as Brandon Hyde has tanked this team. So, <laughs> he has yeah, done an amazing job credit. tanking this team. He's, he deserves some credit. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's a good consideration. But, yeah, so, I mean, I think the thing to watch for going forward is, I mean, teams are still clearing out room in the 40 minutes to figure out what they're going to do in anticipation of December meetings, if they happen, the winter meetings. Um, and so I think the Orioles first in that waiver wire pickup. I think you still could see the Orioles um, make some more moves as far as the waiver wire. And I don't, I don't think the forty man is like I, if you made first cuts. Like if you're still on the team now, if you're uh, you know Isaac Mattins, Matt, Matson, and you think oh I've made it, oh, you're not safe. Yeah, you are not safe at all. Nope. You are not safe. You guys are on the bubble big time. And every time the Orioles pick someone up off the waivers, like your job becomes a little bit more. Um, in jeopardy. But yeah. Congrats for making it through. I feel like the first kind of um, hardcore cuts that um, that Elias went through here. Yeah, and props to people like Keegan Aiken for somehow sneaking through. Um, maybe Keegan Aiken, his because his name starts with A, he's at the top of the list, and so maybe Elias didn't see his name up there. You know, sometimes you miss that name at the very top um, when he's cutting people. Maybe right, right. Zimmerman, and that's how Zimmerman got cut into. I don't know. 
Yeah, it just didn't stick out. Yeah. He was looking for guys in the middle. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I assume we're not going to see any signings till January or so. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the it was kind of interesting. The Fangraphs released their, which I always enjoy, their top fifty prospects, their free agent tracker. <laughs> and what the thing I like about theirs is they have like, um, they have what their expert, whatever their um, blogger or whatever their researcher, how much they expect him to make, and they also. Expect put like a crowdsourcing where they ask a bunch of people um, to crowdsource um, to, to what they think the free agent will make. So it's always nice to compare kind of. The but are they ever right? I feel like. Uh, I think, I think they're actually as far as no, but I think that they're closer than most. Okay. I think Fangraphs is a pretty good idea of kind of what players are, are kind of worth. Um, and um, number one, I think it's, no, it's notable to mention who they have as the top-ranked prospect. This, I mean, top-ranked free agent this offseason um, is Carlos Correa. Yeah, and we all agree with that. At least yeah. on this show, we do. Yeah, uh, Ben Clemens, the writer for Fangraphs, has him anticipates him making nine years, uh, three and thirty-three million dollars a year for a two hundred ninety-seven million dollars salary. Um, Josh, what are the chances the Orioles commit to paying Carlos Correa $300 million for the next nine years? 900%. <laughs> no, uh, the Orioles will not put that type of money out. I wish they would. I want them to sign them, but I can't see a nine-year deal. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, how many of these players will end up Yankees is the question I want to know. Or how many of them will end up in the AL East? But yeah, Yankees, Boston. Yeah. The top three players are all shortstops. Marcus Simeon, Corey Sager. That's good. Um, Carlos Correa. That means the Yankees can sign one, the Dodgers can sign another, and we have a chance at the third. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I mean, and Trevor Story is another guy that's really high on there. Um, the other interesting thing is, uh, I don't know, with these top top 50, like, I don't know, I look at them, and then you start to think, like, you think, okay, if you go down to, like, maybe, you know, maybe 25, and you see, uh, you see some pitchers there, and you think, okay, well, maybe – the Orioles could kind of get active and sign, I don't know, like a 31, a Steven Matz, because you look at it three years, $14 million. Like that's, but then no, like I don't think the Orioles are going to sign a single guy. If, if I was asking right now, I don't, if I was uh, kind of predicting, I don't think the Orioles are going to sign a single player in the fan graphs, top 50 free agents. I don't no, and, and, and MLB trade rumors went through and predicted where the top 50 will go. And none of them was Orioles, right? No, no. They're saying Tigers are Phillies for Correa and uh, Yankees for Seager. Everyone, yeah. All of them seem to agree Seager. Uh, Freeman are staying at the Braves. Bryant they're saying for the Mariners. And Gosman, who they have as top number five. They have Gosman as number five overall. And they're saying San Francisco Giants. Mm. So, What's interesting, um, and Pengraff said Gosman at 14, but it's interesting. I don't think Gosman this year wasn't given the qualifying offer, and last year he was given the qualifying offer. Yeah. Um, so this year he wasn't. So people can sign him kind of unrestricted. So that's interesting too. Um, the other the other big name that I'm I'm kind of curious about. I mean I'm curious about the top you know the top three shortstops. I'm also really curious about um, as far as pitchers go. Eduardo Rodriguez. 
Um, I'm kind of curious to see where he lands because he's been so he's been like a former Oriole prospect, right? Who we gave up in the Andrew Miller deal. Who's been good for Boston, not great, but good for Boston. I'm curious to see where he lands. But there, yeah. I mean, just a lot of good names on this list. So I'm just curious to see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, according to MLB Trade Rumors, they are predicting the Twins or the Tigers for five years, $70 million for Eduardo Rodriguez. Mm. Twins or Cardinals, yeah. All right. So, no Orioles in the top 50 free agent list. No. No, uh, no just former Orioles. <laughs> yeah. Former Orioles that we, saw, that we traded, well, like Rodriguez, we traded to get Andrew Miller for like, what, half a year. Yeah, I so. think um, Jonathan Br is down at the bottom of the list at like number forty-eight on Fangraphs. Let's see, Coskins on there. But yeah, let's see. Jonathan no, Millar is predicted to go. Well, they disagree. Mets, Rockies, or White Sox are what the three writers guessed. Two years, fourteen million. Would you give Bilar two years, fourteen million? It's not my money, so yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I, would I think too. it'd be an upgrade over what we have. Even even with my money, I think I would do that. Yeah. If I if I was controlling the Orioles roster. Um, yeah. All right. Here's one for you. Because on the other hand, I, I almost would want to put it all into give, give me all the pitchers. Give me your your Robbie Ray's. Give me your Marcus Stroman's. Give me your Carlos Rondon's. Like put it all into pitching is almost yeah. my attitude. With the opposite of pitching, big free agent out there, Nelson Cruz is a free agent again. Yeah. Yeah. Would you throw money his way? <laughs> I don't think he's right for the Orioles because he's not going to fix any of our problems. And he plays but, a position that D8 right. we're already trying to right. Ryan Mackhouse, Trey Mancini in, yeah. Exactly. But I think it's awesome that he is still there. I think it's weird that the Padres are a team that I've heard about Nelson Cruz because they don't have a DH. I think the assumption is right that there'll be a DH there next year. Would it be moved that quickly? Oh, yeah. I think if it think? I think next year there'll be a DH in the NL. I hope so. Yeah, I think then so. my Braves can have a DH. Oh, yeah. Good news. Just circle back. Yep. So. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason, but the more I think about it and the more I see Michael Elias and listen to Michael Elias, I think it's going to be, unfortunately, a very quiet offseason for the Orioles. Um, and I think next year is going to be the year for the for, for free agency with the Orioles. So I, I think it makes itself more competitive, but I'm just I'm just going into it kind of very pessimistic at this point. Yeah, and you know I've been pessimistic more about the CBA than Michael Elias. Right. About big concerns about this year. And I know that those concerns also have to be something Michael Elias is considering as well. Oh yeah. Like I think if the CBA was ironed out, it could make not just Michael Elias, but everyone feel more confidently as they go to try to sign free agents. But at this point, there's so many unknowns, right, as far as how contracts are going to work in the future and all this stuff that, yeah. like, I understand being a little more hesitant with that looming out there. Totally. Definitely agree. Makes sense. All right. Anything else to get to this week? I mean, for a week with no baseball and, like, nothing really going on, I think we covered a good amount of stuff that does affect the Orioles and their off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this. I mean, I feel like this has been the official start of the off season with pe- people getting let go, and then it's kind of quiet until December with the winter meetings, 
And then there's usually a lot of action, a lot of rumors. Right. Um, and then quiet again until until January, until we get through Christmas and, and January. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's a start. It's a start. Yeah. yeah. Then we'll just have to start talking uh, TV shows, movies, and uh, what we're doing on the weekends. Yeah. Give to get through the rest of the podcast. Back. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Break it out of here? Yeah, we can make it a short show right now. It's after all, it's in November. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening, boys and girls. Give us a follow on all your social media platforms, iTunes and Instagram and Facebook. Just search Section of 336 Show. Subscribe. You can follow me at Section 336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Roca. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Go Ravens. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.